Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. This is episode number 380, Using the Power of Mindfulness to Transform Your Relationship, Your Relationships with Psychologist Dr. Ron Frederick. Hello, everybody. This is Sandy Weiner. Welcome back to Last First Date Radio. We had a three-week hiatus. I was away in Israel, and so I took a break. And um, we're back, and this is the place to be where you can attract love at any stage of life. And we believe that a woman of value naturally attracts the respect and rewards she deserves in life and love. What is a woman of value, you may ask? Um, This is a phrase that I coined for somebody who shows up, stands up, and speaks up because she knows her value. This is the core of the work that I do. And um, we share a tip every week on how to be that woman of value. And this tip today is be aware of your tone. This was something that I really was not aware of. As I was raising my children, I would think that if I wasn't yelling at them, loudly that it was fine to say words in a snarky tone of voice Um, but managing your tone is really important so I have a challenge for all of you listeners and this will tie in really well to our topic today of mindfulness um, to be mindful of your tone and to um, when you're really triggered try not to really address a person in that state of mind But take some breaths and try to center yourself and then have a conversation and see how different it will be. Before I bring Ron onto the the, uh, call today, I wanted to just let everybody know that if you're not yet a member of my free Facebook group called Your Last First Date, I invite you to join us. This is for women over 40 who are looking for a highly supportive, very positive group on Facebook to help you to go on your last first date. So go over there and you have to answer a few questions and we would love to have you. And now for my guest, Dr. Ron Frederick. He is a clinical psychologist. His career has focused on the transforming power of emotional and relational experience. He's the author of Loving Like You Mean It, Use the Power of Emotional Mindfulness to Transform Your Relationships, and the award-winning Living Like You Mean It, Use the Wisdom and Power of Your Emotions to Get the Life You Really Want. He's a senior faculty member of the Accelerated Experiential Dynamic Psychotherapy Institute, and he's the co-founder of the Center for Courageous Living in Beverly Hills, California. He lectures and facilitates workshops for national, state, and international organizations. Welcome to the show, Ron. Thanks for having me, Sandy. It's great to be here. Yeah, I love this topic, and um, it sounds like you're you're up to some really awesome, awesome work helping people transform relationships. It's one of the best things we can do. Uh, One of the most important things, yeah. Yeah. So how did you end up in this field? I always like to know, like, what led you to focus on this? Um, That's a really great question. Uh, You know, from the time I was a little boy, I wanted to be a performer in musical theater. And uh, I set out to make that happen. And in my early 20s, I um, 
was having a really hard time emotionally, and I started to see a therapist. And it was that experience of almost seven years of therapy um, and which I began to look at my life, you know, which actually wasn't very long at that point, just 20 years, but mm. and how I was shaped by my early experience. It was really eye-opening. And the... Um, you know, the work and the journey of um, actualizing and self-expression and really ultimately being able to be an integrated person and show up to life wholeheartedly, which seems to me in part what you're talking about when you're talking about it, about being a woman of value. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, really just felt so, so deeply personally important to me. And... Um, Later on, you know, after I had uh, worked in the theater for a little while and was uh, sort of struggling doing that because it's such a hard career, I um, decided that I wanted to go back to school and finish. And I had, I think I had, I had always had somewhere in the back of my mind, you know, maybe this is something that I want to do. And I started to feel like there was a... Um, deeper calling in a way for me to do something um, that would feel uh, more personally and professionally meaningful. And that's when I decided to go back to school and pursue becoming a psychologist. Hmm. And here we are, uh, 25, 30 years later. <laughs> um, <laughs> So that's kind of how it ha kind of how it evolved. Yeah, interesting. So yeah. I wasn't expecting the musical theater piece. You know, I, uh, that piece I think you know was also very much about expression and being able to express something emotionally. I think that's what always um, I found most meaningful and 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 performing and and the performers that I really love. And I see how that's just sort of a wired-in thing, and to my mind, it's so much a part of life and what I do now with helping people hear themselves and hear their truth and be able to um, uh, live uh, more authentically um, as themselves. Mm. I love that. Um... It's funny because I'm an artist, and that was my uh -huh. first career. Yeah, <laughs> so there you totally go. Totally expression. And early right. in my career, I did wedding um, documents, like the uh, the Jewish wedding documents called ketubas. Sure. And so they were illuminated, um, and they were the manuscript, and I did both parts. And in the process of interviewing the couple, I would get at their core values and get at symbolism that represented who they were. So that was kind of my foray into coaching before I became a wow. coach. Uh -huh, right. Yeah. It all comes together in, in some does. way. Yeah. yeah, connecting the dots is so interesting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So so let's talk about mindfulness. And um, let's let's first define um, emotional mindfulness, and, and then we can talk about how to use it to transform relationships. Um, okay, great. So... Emotional mindfulness, um, as I talk about it, is all about being aware of and connected to and present with our emotional experience. And 
Um, there's a quote of uh, John Kabat-Zinn, who um, developed mindfulness-based stress reduction, you know, a big person in the mindfulness field. And he's, his definition of mindfulness is often quoted, and it's something like paying attention on purpose uh, without judgment to um, the unfolding moment-to-moment process. And that's really what emotional mindfulness is about, but it's with a particular emphasis on our emotional experience. So being more attuned aware of, connected to, and being able to be present and make use out of our emotional experience. Now, in some ways, it sounds like, oh, okay, uh, that sounds simple. But, you know, um, in terms of my own experience, Mm -hmm. I didn't grow up really in a very emotionally mindful family. And I sometimes joke that it's no coincidence that I've written books about emotional mindfulness, because it's something that I really had to learn from the bottom up. Um, in order to uh, have a healthier life. And many of us um, uh, have similar experiences and um, aren't uh, as attuned to or sensitive to our own emotional experience. There are ways in which our feelings show up and we're not even aware of them. And that's, that's when we run into problems. And the way to turn that around is through becoming more mindful of ourselves and of our emotional experience and of our emotional experience in relationships. Mm-hmm. So give us an example of what that could look like in a relationship. Well, you know, you um, started off this segment uh, talking about getting triggered and our tone, right? Mm-hmm. And how, um, one, if we start off with the idea of being triggered, you know, what does that mean? Something happens in relationship. Uh, Maybe our partner does something or says something or doesn't do something or say something, and we get activated. So we're having an emotional reaction. And um, in its purest sense, you know, we may just be having feelings. I feel angry. I feel sad. I feel hurt. I feel afraid, whatever it might be. But because of our early experience in life around our feelings with our caregivers, we oftentimes then have secondary responses that come up. We may feel hurt, but it doesn't feel okay to show that. And what happens instead, we lash out or we get angry. Um, We've developed ways of dealing with the um, distress that we feel inside and we may not even be aware of. That's getting triggered, okay? So that's when our history shows up and we come into our adult relationships wired in certain ways and wired to have certain responses. And oftentimes those responses aren't necessarily helpful to us or constructive in terms of our relationship. So your partner does something and you start to feel anxious or afraid um, around the connection, which is often what's underneath the surface, but you lash out and you say something critical. Well, then you can pretty much bank on what's gonna happen next. Conflict ensues or your partner shuts down and pulls away or they get defensive as well. 
So we have this whole defensive dance that's happening, and we're not really dealing with the underlying feelings. That's where mindfulness comes in, because what we're trying to do with mindfulness is stretch the space between stimulus and response. So the stimulus is something happens, you know, whether you're, what, like I said, you know, your partner does something, and then we get activated. Our emotions come online and our emotional reactivity comes online before we're even really able to think about it. If we can slow things down, which we can, we can stretch the space between stimulus and response because oftentimes our responses are reflexive. We just do things without thinking about them and start to work with our feelings, that's when we start to free ourselves from our early wiring and give ourselves the opportunity to show up differently. Now, that can be a challenge because showing up differently may mean exposing feelings or our vulnerability or standing up for ourselves, being assertive, ways of being that we may feel anxious or uncomfortable about, but actually are essential for our health and also essential for the health of our relationship. So we can stretch that space and we can find the courage to begin to open up in a different way. That's where the pathway unfolds in front of us and where things can be different and better in relationship. Very well said. Thank you. Yeah, Victor Victor Frankel talks about the pause. <clears throat> right, right. And, and it's such an important thing to do to stop and to pause. We we tend to be reactive, and if we're not mindful, and I I definitely grew up in a home that was very reactive and also assumptive, um, making all kinds of assumptions mm-hmm. about people, mm-hmm. and that's such a dangerous thing to do. Also. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the first step is is that pause is taking taking the pause and having that space creating space and knowing that there are other ways to respond rather than the way that we were programmed or wired from childhood correct that's correct you know that's actually a few steps in um loving like you mean it this is really um, what I spend most of the time in the book talking about is how we grow the skills of emotional mindfulness. And as you just stated, you know, it starts with us um, recognizing that we've been triggered. (laughs) That's step one. Well, something's happening. I feel reactive or I'm getting defensive or I'm getting anxious. And the second step is to stop drop and stay. And that's what you were just speaking to as well, which is we recognize and then we're pausing and we're stopping and we're turning our focus inward. Oftentimes in relationships, we're focused on the other person and what they're doing and we're having a reaction to them and we're just doing our thing. The power really comes from then focusing inward and beginning to um, drive our car or our ship or our instrument, um, you know, to get behind the wheel of it and work with it. And stop dropping and staying means really getting in touch with what's going on inside of us, Um, Mm -hmm. what's going on emotionally, hearing what's going on emotionally, 
Um, and that's, you know, what you were talking about. And then there are a couple other steps that come after that in order for us to um, put the whole uh, thing in motion. And there are steps, and they may happen right in the moment, or there are things that we work on over time. And really, as I'm sure you understand, the work of being mindful and the work that we do in order to show up more wholeheartedly really is the process. And yeah. um, it's a work that unfolds over time. And, but as we're doing it little and often, practicing it, we're changing the way our brain works. We're changing, we're strengthening different capacities in ourselves, and um, we're growing. Yeah. Yep. It's it's um, it's amazing when you get into this space of mindfulness and, and really taking responsibility for your emotional self, how everything shifts. And I can tell you as a parent, um, <clears throat> a big moment for me, a real pivotal moment was when I stopped trying to power over my children mm. and started to really tune in to what mm. was going on for them. You know, it's an old paradigm. We are supposed to be the ones who are respected and my kids were very strong willed and <laughs> um which is a good thing. You know, they had personalities and they had what you know, they wanted to express themselves and I kept squashing it. And just tuning in, knowing which kid needs a hug when they're really upset, which ones right. need some space, you know, it's um, that was the beginning for me. Yeah. It's a, this is so important. You know, what I'm thinking about as you talk, and certainly working with kids, I mean, we're in the land of primitive feelings, but we all we all have them. And when we're triggered in relationship, um, real primal forces come to bear. You know, uh, the most important thing when we're born, really, and throughout our lives is connection and having a strong, secure, loving relationship. We're born into the world um, w with this innately wired in, and if we didn't connect with our parents or caregivers, we, we would perish, we would die. It's a life and death matter can't be overstated because these are the kinds of feelings that get activated in relationship and they're big and they're intense and they may be out of proportion to what's happening in the moment. We know that kids can really <laughs> evoke those feelings in us. Right. And mm -hmm. so can our partners and, you know, learning how to manage that really is the key because the feelings are going to be there. You know, it's like you can't escape them. But you can learn how to work with them to better effect. I think that's partly what you're talking about when you talk about your experience as a parent. Yeah, and it's it's the learning for me over time also was just knowing um, how to take responsibility and um, process my emotions because if you're – in that reactive state, you're just thinking they're wrong and I'm right, or um, you right. know you feel disempowered, and feeling right. disempowered is a, a horrible feeling. I see that a lot with my clients when they're in relationships with people who are not respectful, and then right. they get reactive, and it becomes a whole cycle of right. I'm not getting what I want, but I stay anyway, and why am I staying, right. and it's not really working right. out. Right. <clears throat> 
So how do we get out of these patterns? Because we, we have these old patterns. So you, you're giving us some, some great processes of stop, drop, and stay, um, that mindfulness is a process, and we do change our neuropathways over time. Um, but let's say somebody is always attracted to people who are emotionally unavailable. That's right. a very common one. Right. How, do, how does somebody begin to change that pattern? You see, one of the things that I talk about, which is absolutely essential and loving like you mean it, has to do with our early experience, uh, which I've been you know, mentioning. And what happens in our early experience with, experiences with our caregivers is we develop different attachment styles, and that's partly what you're talking about. What does that mean? Um, we just have a short time here together today, but yeah, we, we develop right different ways of attaching. And um, you know what it means is that we're adaptive, and depending on what our caregivers are like, we fig- we learn how to adapt. That's what we do we're, as human beings, and we figure out what's okay, what's not okay, what feelings are okay, what feelings keep my you know um, mother or father around, what pushes them away, and that all gets becomes part of our software encoded into our brain. And then we see that reflected in different attachment styles. So some people will feel very anxious in relationship, unsure of the other person. Are they going to be there? They worry about themselves. Am I good enough? Am I not enough? Other people would be more avoidant in relationships. So when you talk about being emotionally unavailable, these are people who learned, you know, if I open up, if I show my vulnerability, it's just going to be bad. I'm going to get um, criticized or I'm going to be hurt. So they deactivate their emotional experience. Now, none of this is conscious. It happens, you know, the first few years of our lives. Uh, a lot of it is unverbal, uh, nonverbal. But then they, we grow up into to, peop- to be people who disconnect, who pull away, who can't express ourselves emotionally, who don't feel connected with our feelings. Okay, so that's like two of the most uh, common uh, attachment styles when it comes to insecure attachment. So what do I do? I find myself con- constantly you know, with someone who's not emotionally available. That was your you know, scenario, right? Well, part of what happens is that we choose people whose nervous systems somehow fit with ours. If you think about it, uh, you know, our brain is molded um, uh, through the exchange with our caregiver. So chances are you probably had a caregiver who in some way was emotionally unavailable or emotionally unreliable. And in this very sort of physiological, uh, a neurological way, it fits. (laughs) And it works on some level. But it doesn't, because ultimately we want to really connect. The, qu- the question that we have to look at is, how do I respond to this person? What kind of things do, am I doing that sort of um, in some way I may not be paying attention to? Now, if you're someone with more of an anxious, um, insecure attachment style, you may notice that the person's not emotionally available initially, but um, we have anxiety. We worry that we're not good enough. We're afraid that if we say something about it or we push that they're going to get upset. This is part of our old wiring. And what we need to do is to become more attuned to the ways in which the feelings that we may have a hard time hearing, we may have a hard time hearing our anger and being able to trust it and to feel okay about it, 
It's our anger who, that actually helps us be able to say, you know, when I call you and you don't call me back, that feels disrespectful. Or it actually makes me feel anxious and it's not helpful to me. Right? It may seem like a little thing, but these are all the things that sort of go into connection. Are you going to be there? Can I rely on you? Right? And very often that stuff flies under the wire early on in a relationship. And then we find ourselves with someone and we're like, oh, my gosh, I'm having a really hard time connecting. Um, that's just at the beginning because you say, so if we could avoid kind of going down that path or going down that path more um, wholeheartedly, it might help. But then you're in relationship with someone. What do we do? It's the same thing. We're using the four steps. Um, um, we, we just talked about the first two. The third is pausing and reflecting about what's happening for us and making sense of it. And then it's mindfully relating with the other person. How can we be a mindful per being, regulate our feelings, and lean in in a way to affect change? And this is what... Um, you know, where we start to see, I don't want to say where the rubber hits the road, but this is part, you know, one of the most challenging pieces because we're asking in a way for our partners to show up differently, um, but we have to show up differently in order to be able to do that. If you're someone who, you know, your partner um, is distant or avoidant, how do you respond to that? Do you get angry? Do you criticize? Um, do you act out in some way? Do you go silent? Do you pull away? These are all ways in which we're not really expressing ourselves. We're expressing ourselves indirectly. Um, if we're getting angry, but we're not saying, actually, I feel really hurt, or um, that Back makes me feel really afraid. Exactly. And yeah. that these are the pieces about ourselves that we need to find a way to bring forward. And oftentimes maybe not always, but oftentimes that starts to shift what's happening between two people. You give the part, your partner an opportunity to see you differently, maybe feel empathic, maybe challenge to show up in a different way. Um, but that's the only way that we're going to find out if we can start to walk in a different direction together. Yeah. Yeah, it's so important, and there's so much fear around showing up that way. And I just um, today, I, I, there's someone new hired me, and this was this was her pattern of attracting emotionally unavailable men, not speaking up, and she did the same at work. And it's it's you know these are patterns that when we start to recognize them, we can start to change them. And the, the noticing is the first step. So if you can review the four steps again, just because we have the last two. Yeah, so I will. But can hear them. I just want to highlight the point that you made, which really is the theme, which is that it, fear underlies everything. And that's a fear that got wired in early on. That's mm -hmm. what we have to be mindful about and learn how to mindfully um, be able to move through our fear, because it's fear that's really keeping all these patterns in place, like the person that you just described. Yeah. So we know we start with um, recognizing and naming when we're triggered and then stop dropping and staying, going inside and working and maybe seeing that there's fear under the surface. Maybe they're seeing there's a different feeling, um, maybe getting a better understanding of where these feelings come from. 
And then we pause and reflect, that's step three, to make sense of our experience. So we're working bottom-up, being with ourselves emotionally, then pausing and reflecting, and what is my, you know, what is this anxiety telling me? Where does this come from? How do I want to respond differently? What's going to be helpful to me? What do I really need? And then step four is mindfully relate, and that's where we're then leaning in. And, you know, having to contend with the fear of being different, um, showing up differently, really um, beginning to integrate those parts of ourselves that we, um, without us knowing it, uh, let go or avoid or, you know, that operate behind the scenes. And mindfully relate, you know, there's a lot that goes into it because then we also have a partner that we're talking to and they have their feelings and they have their patterns and they have their defenses. How do we navigate those and do our best to stay centered and even and balanced as best as we can? It's never perfect, but it's it's all a work in progress. But if we keep working at it, we find a more balanced way of going about things. Yeah, it is, and I think people have to be kind to themselves that it is a process, like you said. And when we change the dance, because it is a dance, um, it it people either have to follow along with the dance, or they'll they'll step on your feet, and <laughs> and then we have to figure out what next steps are. But I think that I know that in my own family, I have really change the dynamic of how people show up because I'm showing up differently. And within Mm. families, it's one of the hardest things ever. Totally, because the forces are so strong, Mm. that pull for that old software. Mm -hmm. And being being kind and compassionate to ourselves is key because it's really not about who you are. It's about how you've been wired. And what we're really trying to do is disentangle us from our old early wiring and allow ourselves to be the people that we were born to be. And that's yeah, all possible. It's yeah, yeah, it's I, in there. You know. Yep, and people, people get covered up over time. So really the work is to unveil who you really are. Yeah, um, that's absolutely yeah, it. So I, I would love to hear one more one more question for you, and I always like to ask my my guests, um, if you have one last word of advice for people who want to go on their last first date. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Go slow. (laughs) And what do I mean by that? We need to, we need the time to hear ourselves and we need the space to be able to turn inward and, Pay attention to the cues that we're getting from ourselves, from our emotions, from our feelings. That's what keeps us, helps us be more in touch with our truth. And really our emotions are there to help us move forward in a positive way. It's when we're not listening or we're conflicted about them or we feel afraid of them that we run into trouble. Mm, I love this. Well, this was a fantastic conversation. I could definitely talk to you forever. Um, I would love to. Favorites. Thank you. So yeah. <laughs> we maybe we'll have you back. Um, That'd be great. Yeah. So tell us, Ron, how our audience can get in touch with you. 
Um, probably the easiest way is through our website, and that's uh, cfcliving.com. That's the, short for the Center for Courageous Living.com. So cfcliving.com. My email address is there. My phone number is there. Information about my books and the work that we do, it's all there. Um, and you can get on our newsletter as well through the um, website. Awesome. Well, I'll put all this in the show notes, and um, and people can find you because this work is, is really just so critical in having the best life you can have, and I, I really appreciate you sharing with us today. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. And thanks, everybody, for listening. And um, if you enjoyed this show, please share it. Please rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And we hope you go on your last first date very soon. Have a great day. 